This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 16th, 2019, and it certainly has been a very uh, volatile week. Uh, big update today, but we man, the week still, I think, uh, ended up being down. So, so it was a down week, and despite being up with 300 points on the Dow today, still a down week. So that one big down day of what, eight, nine hundred points, lots of volatility. Anyways, so. And there's all kinds of things at play here, making the markets move. And, of course, I know that people listening to the show are looking for some guidance, some unbiased opinions on things. And that's what we do this show for. That's what Invest Talk is all about. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you'll call. Uh, we, the lines are open as they are always open. And our goal is always the same. We want, to, we want everybody to achieve financial freedom. And to do that... We want you to think independently. We don't want you to be part of the herd. Many times, herds gets in, they get in a stampede and they run off the cliff. We don't need that. We need independent thinking. And of course, the goal: financial freedom for everybody. You know, it really is nice to have financial freedom. I mean, I when I was growing up, we were poor, and you know, I never liked being poor. I tell you that. But achieving financial freedom means you can do what you want to do. It doesn't mean you retire early if that's not if that's not what you want to do. It just means you can now have the freedom to decide what is in you, what what you want. You know that could be working. It could be not working. It could be you know fishing all day. I don't know. Whatever your definition of being financially free. That means you don't have to worry about your bills being paid. You know they will be. That means you got to have enough money to do that. So that's the goal. Everybody get to that point. And today I'm going to do my best to help you get to that goal. And we do that by calls. We do that by talking about whatever's on your mind. Our number is 888 chart. And of course, you're driving the show wherever you want it to go with your calls and your questions. So let's go ahead and you can go ahead and start dialing. I want to let you know that my no-cost portfolio review consultation dates for August and September, August and September are fully booked. So unless I get a cancellation, we're not going to be able to fit you in. But, but I did set up more days because the demand was pretty strong. So, I, you know, I, put, I set up new days. So I reserved Thursday, October 10th, October 10th, Thursday for October 10th for San Jose. Plus, I added a new portfolio review consultation date in New York City. That's Thursday, November 7th. November 7th. Thursday. Now, that's I try not to get too close to the Thanksgiving holiday because I know we all, you know, get prepared for that. And I know I do. It's my favorite holiday of the year. And so, um, all you have to do is go over to the portfolio uh, portfolio review page on investtalk.com and register and say you want to set up a meeting, and we will set up a time to you know to to meet with me. The earlier you register, the better freedom you have, what time you want. So, just let me know. Okay, investtalk.com. Send me an email. Uh, my main talking point today. What does it concern? Well. 
One high-profile investor is predicting bad things ahead for anyone betting in favor of online real estate site Zillow. His opinion claims that Zillow has one of the most flawed business models ever. Now, is he right? We'll take a look at that. I got some other interesting things we're going to talk about. How about how long will and how low will interest rates go? How low how low do you think they'll go? So I'll we'll explore that a little bit. Housing report was out today. The housing starts report and permits. Let's discuss that. And have you have you have you got any scammers calling you while talking to you about uh, you know your social security number has been compromised or the old back taxes? Are, I, I'm there's more people and I'm doing it too. Scamming the scammers. How do you do that? Talk about that one. Talk, talk about the latest scams uh, that they have out there. And I'll, I'll mention one that happened with my uh, with one of my brother-in-laws who got scammed out of about $4,000 because he was scared to death. And I'll, I'll explain what happened. Anyways, so that's what we're going to discuss. Of course, what's on your mind is first, so go ahead and give us a call. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead. We have a call. Emiku? Is that how you say that? Emeka. Emeka in Cincinnati. How are you doing, Emeka? Hi, Steve. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Thank you so much for the knowledge from you and from Justin. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, You're welcome. I wanted to ask you about GE. Um, do you think there is some fishy stuff or they were cooking their books? I kind of liquidated it everything I own today sold everything. Do you think there is more to it or just um, a smoke in the mirror? Well, it's hard to know. Uh, and we talked about it yesterday. Uh, GE, you know, they have that guy who uh, that uh, wrote a big long report. He's a forensic uh, accountant and he said that uh, GE has is, is got a lot more liabilities, billions of more liabilities than they're talking about and they're being honest. And it, of course, and the stock fell yesterday hard. Today it bounced up for a couple of reasons. One is uh, everybody found out that that guy uh, gave that report to a short seller, meaning he wanted the stock to go down because they could make money at it. And at the same time, the uh, CEO of GE bought a bunch of stock because he thought it was a low price and he's got plenty of faith in his company. So it bounced up sharply, up 10% today. So now, I can't tell you, I, I'm a, I, I don't know if who's right. I can only go by what the numbers I see. And the numbers I see is that the sales are pretty flat to shrinking 1% to 2%. Uh, the earnings are going to be $0.62 cents this year and $0.75 cents this, next year. It's an $8.79 stock, so it's not an expensive stock. And the dividend is only a half a percent. There's really no reason to own GE at this point. They're not paying a big dividend. They're not, you know, they're not super cheap. It's not expensive. And I, I think there's just too much controversy. I, I don't think I'd put my money in it just because there's so much controversy. I think I'd just stay away. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. How you doing, Gene? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. My question is about the inverted yield curve. And yes. I might have asked you this a while ago, but um, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if 
it, compared to the previous times that it inverted it and uh, people were uh, alarmed because mm-hmm. it predicts a, a recession is coming, wouldn't this be the lowest rate at which it inverted, like 1.5, yes. 1.6 percent? Yes, and I have a lot to say about it, so I'm going to have to. I'm going to hold you over to the break. Um, I wrote about this okay. in the newsletter too, just very strange thing. But yeah, I, I I got some very interesting things. So if you just hold on, Gene, I appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and you both know that no one can really predict the market, right? No one can, but we can. We can balance your portfolio. You can, you can hedge. Those things you can do. So if you need some help with that. Give us a call. We'll talk about it. 888-99-CHART. Welcome to Friday. It's been a wild ride in the market, so strap on your wrist belt and pop in your earbuds. This is Talk, And now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Tell your investor friends and neighbors that Steve Peasley is on duty and taking listener questions now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Gene, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, so there's a couple yes. things I wanted to point out. You know, usually we have the yield curve inverted. In other words, the yield on the two-year treasury has higher than the 10-year treasury, and that always has, in the past, resulted in a recession. Two things. Two things. One is no one knows exactly when that recession comes. It could be two years. It could be a month. Okay? We could be in it now. So we don't really know that. Number two, because, and you're right, Gene, what you pointed out is that the thing that could make this different, and this time different, and I hate to say that, but it's possible, is that the interest rates are so low. We've had so much interference by the, uh, by the, uh, uh, the Federal Reserve and the other central banks around the world, we had so much interference in this interest rate, in their manipulation of monetary policy, that their their interference could cause the, cause the curve to invert and may not be a precursor to a recession. It's possible. I still think we will move into a recession, though. But right. it's possible we won't, be, you know, because of the fact that they are artificially pushing down interest rates. So, you know, I there's negative was, interest rates in Europe. That even if it did invert, is that because the level is the absolute level is is much lower. Although people, you know, they flee for safety. I think to be compared to it reverted inverting at let's say five percent people are less satisfied with with staying on the sidelines when their money is only earning one one and a half percent versus five percent so i'm thinking that it's, it'd, be, right. it'd be it'd even be less severe than if it inverted five percent or higher at higher percentage i can see the logic behind that there's that that's logical thinking and yeah that could be so uh unfortunately but think about this, if it's in, complicated go ahead. because because only because you know, obviously, relative to everyone else, we're very percentage-wise, percentage-wise, we're much higher than everyone else, and that, and that attracts foreign currency as well. So things get up. Exactly. Much oh. Well, you're, you're you're taking the words out of my mouth. That's where I was going to go next. Okay. <laughs> because, you hey, know, even though ours is low, two uh, percent. Even though we're very low, well, how would you like to buy a bond in Germany where you have to pay them? 
I mean, who a two percent is a tremendous amount compared to that. So you're right, Gene. You're, you're. I think your thinking is pretty sound there. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Let's talk to Will. Thank you. Let's talk to Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I had noticed that uh, Goodyear tires price had come down substantially, and I'm wondering if now mm-hmm. is a good time to uh, get in on this stock. Okay, Goodyear Tire and Rubber. Of course, everybody knows what they do. It's a $2.7 billion company. They're going to make $1.60 this year. That's 30% less than they made last year. Uh, but it's going to bounce next year to $2.27. And of course, it's a very cyclical stock, Will, as we know, because it's in the right. auto industry. They, they provide tires. So the auto industry is very cyclical. Now you're asking the question, are we at the bottom of that cycle? Right? That's really what you're asking, right? Are we at the bottom exactly. of the cycle and to be time? I'm going to say that uh, I don't think we're at the bottom of the cycle yet. I think you'll be a bit early. Now, doesn't mean you can, I mean, the, the, the stock is very, very low price. I mean, it's $11 stock and it's going to make $2.27. So that's what, 6 PE? And that's a low of its range for the last five years. Uh, and it pays a huge dividend, 5.5%, which I is not in is not in danger because their cash flow is five dollars and fifty cents a stock a share. I mean, mm. half of the price of the stock is cash flow. They got they're none. I would I would not you would not hear me complain about you putting on half a position here just because of that dividend because it could be the low. It could be I could be wrong. But uh, I don't know if I am. I, I think we got a little bit ways more to go. But you never, ever, ever, we're going to pick the bottom, right? We'll exactly. we'll never be able to do that. So I I I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed for you picking up half position just because it's a low price and you got a big big dividend. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Will. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. I say this every day. And as a step to doing that, you can you can define your own personal risk comfort zone. You can. You can do it easy and quick, and it's not hard. You can calibrate your risk tolerance score. Free online tool at investtalk.com called Riskalyze. It's just a questionnaire, short questions. But now I'm ready to take your questions, 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. Summer is moving fast, and your path to financial freedom begins with the right strategy. You've got questions, Steve and Justin have answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Mark in New Jersey. He wants to talk about the European bonds. How you doing, Mark? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thanks for the call. Can you hear me? Yeah, I was just yes. curious. I, as the European bond market's going into negative interest rates, who has an interest in buying these bonds? I mean, it doesn't make much okay. financial sense to be investing in bonds that you're paying to own. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. It's a valid question <laughs> I've talked about in the past. And no sane person, you and I, would never buy those bonds. And, you know, there's a lot of people in Europe that would never buy those bonds. There's a lot of people that wouldn't buy those bonds. So what are they buying? They're buying U.S. treasuries. Uh, 
So why would anybody buy those bonds? The only reason they do, Mark, is because they have to. They're required to own the bonds. Big banks, European banks, big uh, uh, financial institutions, insurance companies, Mm. pension plans, they are required to have a certain amount of quote-unquote safe securities, which is European bonds, German bonds. So for the most part, yeah. So for the most part, these countries are sucking equity out of their financial institutions to prop them up. Exactly. (laughs) This cannot... Not to sound so crude about it, you know? Yeah. This cannot stand... This Mark, this cannot last. It can't last in any normal, healthy economic system. It can't. But they're doing it. Doesn't sound like it will. Good. No. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the call. Thank Thank you. Farhan in San Jose, how you doing? I'm good, uh, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, actually, completed on the question the previous caller had asked. Um, so, how does this actually help the economy, and how um, the negative interest rates, if they're already sucking equity out of the system, how does that uh, in any way help the economy growth or prevent a recession? Okay. Okay, so the the central bank, uh, the the banks are making these guys buy these bonds, right? They certainly what they're doing is they're forcing these financial institutions to buy the bonds, but at the same time not hold any excess cash at all. So they're pushing that cash out of those institutions. They got to loan it. They got any way they can make money because they're losing money on those bonds. So they have to buy the bonds with a certain amount. And so they're saying, well, gee, I, all the, I'm not going to hold on to any more of the cash than I have to. So that forces them to push any excess cash into the economy. But you're right. It's kind of, it sounds self-defeating, right? Because you're pulling money out. They have to pay extra. It, it makes very, financially, from an economic point of view, it should not exist. It should not. Because you're not really, notice these negative interest rates in Europe that they've had now for what? Several years has not helped them at all. It doesn't work. So why do they keep doing it? Makes no sense. Appreciate the call. That was okay. a good question, too. Thank you. Oh, did you want to talk about uh, AT&T? Um, yes. Yeah, so I had actually uh, picked up a position, half a position, in July when it was around 32. Uh-huh. Um, I was wondering, I, looking at the graph, it's on a, it's a 20-day moving averages look good. And I was wondering if this is a good time to pick up the other half or should I wait to, for the volatility to work out? I think you'll, uh, AT&T made a new 52-week high. It's, we own this in a couple of our managed accounts, AT&T. We love the dividends, 5.8. And um, you know what? At this point, I might just go ahead and buy it because it broke out. You know, uh, it would be nice to pick it up cheaper. Uh, it will go down to the low, the high 20s or the low 30s, but it's only at 34.97 now. And, you know, it's going to be attractive. That's dividends are going to attract more investors, I think. That's why that's going up. I think it's attracting investors. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's talk to Art in Menlo Park. How are you doing, Art? Good, Steve. How are you today? I am alive and well and kicking, so I appreciate the, your thoughts. Yeah, I was just uh, wondering uh, what your thoughts are on SH uh, for a half position. S- because um, Okay. 
the reason is, it uh, seems to me, the uh, transports, the large ones like FedEx, and um, it seems like it's down quite a bit. And then you also have the uh, tariff wars, and the uh, the deficit seems to be growing, and also the yield curve. So I'm I'm expecting like some type of a slowdown, even with uh, interest rates to uh, drop. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on it. Okay, SH is the Pro Shares Short S&P 500 exchange traded funds seeking the performance corresponding to the inverse return of the S&P 500 index. In other words, if the S&P 500 goes down, this goes up the exact same amount of money, uh, same percentage as it go, as the S&P goes down. This goes up. And we happen to own this one and several other of these index short indexes in one of our managed accounts. Um, so I think if you wanted to hedge your bets, this would be a good way to hedge without having to sell some of your all your stocks. I mean, or portion of stock, portion of your stocks. Uh, so I, I kind of like it as a hedge um, because I do think we're not quite done with our correction. Uh, you know, I don't even think we're close to done with our correction yet. I think we still got um, another five percent or more to go. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good bet on a hedge. Appreciate the call. Now, to go to break, my financial trivia question is this. We often cite the price of gasoline per gallon because fuel costs affect the family budget and your ability to save money, right? I mean, it does. Now, looking back over the past 100 years, which year did have the lowest price per gallon of gasoline in the United States? What was the low price? That's the trivia question. We'll be right back after this break. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Before the break, I asked the market the trivia question. And, you know, we, we ask one every day. So the question was, uh, how low and what year was the lowest gasoline prices in the last 100 years? Okay, how low was it? Now, with the recent drop in gasoline prices, many people have begun to wonder how close to historical lows we are. I remember in the late 1960s when I first started driving, it was 25 cents a gallon. So I thought, well, maybe that's it. Nope, wrong. In 1918, gasoline was 25 cents a gallon. By 1932, prices have gone down to 18 cents a gallon. But that's not the lowest because you have to consider, you have to consider inflation. 
right? So what was it the lowest when you consider inflation? And, and the lowest is when it was $1.48 in 1998. Can you believe that? That's just amazing. So the $1.49 inflation adjusted was lower than it was in the Great Recession. $1.48. That tells you how cheap gasoline. Think about what it is today. Two, I think it's two sixty-three, something like that, nationwide, and a lot more than that here in California. But that's very low, very low. Okay, so there's your answer. Okay, main talking point today: the big short investor Steve Eisman says Zillow has one of the most flawed business models he's ever seen. Now, Steve Eisman. He was the guy that betted against, uh, shorted the uh, uh, CDOs and collateral debt obligations back before the financial crisis in 2008 made a gazillion dollars. Okay, just gazillion. He believes Zillow, and Zillow symbol is Z, if I remember right. Yeah, Zillow Group. He believes that Zillow has is, is cannot make any money. That Zillow management have no idea of the mortgage business, uh, housing, and real estate business that they're in. Not the mortgage, but the real estate business. They're going to lose sixty-eight cents a share this year and ninety-five cents a share next year. Even though sales are growing, it's a seven billion dollar company with six hundred million dollars in sales last year, but they're losing money. And he feels that they're going to continue to lose money. That is not ever going to be profitable. Now, who is he right? I mean, does is, I can't tell you if he's right. I mean, he's a smart fella. I mean, he's, uh, my first question is, does he have a short position in it? So does he have a bias that he needs it to go down? And whenever someone has a bias, you should find out people's biases. And then, then you can at least have that intelligence that you know, you know, that you've got the, all the information in your hand to deal with. So he thinks the company is way over his head. And he is a short seller, so I'm sure he's short. Yeah, quote, I actually think the company doesn't understand the real risks, which are massive, end of quote. So you'll have to make up your own mind, won't you? Zillow. I kind of like Zillow. Not as an investment. I would not invest. Remember, you know my golden rule, right? Don't buy companies that don't make money. Okay, some of the some of the benchmark numbers today. Gold was at fifteen hundred twenty-three dollars an ounce. Oil at fifty-four dollars a barrel. And I, yeah, I was right. Gasoline two dollars sixty-three cents per gallon today. California is to three sixty-three, and that's not premium, of course. 10-year treasury, 1.54. The two years, 1.51%. So we're not in an inverted yield curve, but it did invert earlier this week. Okay, but it's pretty darn close. 10-year treasury paying 1.54% and the two-year treasury paying 1.51. It's when the two-year pays more than the 10-year, that's when you have inversion, and that has always led to a recession. So... We had some strong fundamentals economically this week, though. Some really good numbers. There was no, I mean, retail sales especially was uh, double what the expectation was and double what it was the month before. It wasn't, don't, don't, don't misunderstand that it was a huge number because it wasn't that big of a number 
the month before, but it was a very much better than expected. Okay, let's get a question from our anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, love the show. I've had a quick question. Is there any way to buy a VIX? Don't want options or triple options or anything like that. I just want to be able to buy and sell the VIX when it goes up or down. Uh, look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks. There is. There is. It's called. It's the. the it's the volatility index. Uh, the VIX is called the fear gauge. Everybody, and it goes up when everybody's fearful. It goes down when everybody's calm. So yeah, there is two ETFs. One is leveraged and one is not for the VIX. Um, I think it's. It's a VIX. Um, let's see. No. How about VIXX? Okay, I'm not sure what the symbol is, but yes, um, I studied this a couple three years ago, uh, and I will I will warn you about this. Uh, the index, the ETF or the VIX does not does not follow the VIX itself. Uh, the ETF, if you look at a chart for both the the normal VIX, which is dollar sign VIX, and the ETF or the VIX, you'll see that the VIX, the ETF, goes down consistently. It does spike up, but it doesn't stop going down uh, over time. It keeps going down where the VIX does stop going down around 10, 11, 12, and doesn't go down any further. But the, the ETF keeps going down. So you cannot use it as it's designed to be used, in my opinion, because it does not stop. So I, I I don't I don't recommend it. I really don't recommend that you 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 try to try to time the market with the VIX. It's too hard, and it doesn't really work. Let's go to Michael in San Francisco. How you doing, Michael? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a question you. for you guys, uh, and I haven't listened to your show for a long time, so I don't know what your stance is. You may have already talked about this, but I, I like looking at markets and how they're, how they're correlated toward fear or greed mm-hmm. you know fear proxies or, yes. or gold japanese yen is kind of a fear proxy it's a really kind of a stable currency uh etc but I, you know I've, I've done some research personal a- anecdotal research and i've noticed that bitcoin is not correlated to either it's kind of has its own correlation um and i just wanted yeah. to get your thoughts about you know maybe picking up uh, you know and i consider Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, they kind of be the blue chip, uh, kind of stable coins. Uh, you know, picking up maybe a few percent Bitcoin when it, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes into kind of the the bottom, pick up a little bit, hold it, or maybe just buy and hold it for a while as, a, as another okay. alternative product, uh, kind of that's uncorrelated to everything else. Kind of, kind of, kind of to okay. continue the efficient frontier model kind of complete it okay uh one of your flaws with using bitcoins is it just not been around long enough to really make that determination you need a lot more data points and bitcoins and you know all, all those things uh the 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 uh, cryptocurrencies haven't been around long enough for us to study it long enough to see if it really is uncorrelated or isn't. I don't think it's correlated, but I don't know that for sure. 
Um, um, but I wouldn't rely on Bitcoin because there's so it's so volatile. It's extremely volatile. It goes its own way. And in that sense, it's totally not correlated with the stocks or bonds or anything else. It goes its own way. I always have trouble understanding how to value it. I'm not sure how how to do that. I'm not saying this. I, I, think, I think cryptocurrencies are here to stay. I just don't know how to value the coin. Now, if you talk about the U.S. dollar, and now these days you can buy currencies, right? You can buy UUP as the ETF for the U.S. dollar against other currencies. And that's not correlated necessarily to the stock market. It might be correlated to um, to the economy. And if the economy goes down, maybe for the world, maybe the dollar gets stronger. And you can see that correlation. But I'm just not sure because it hasn't been around long enough on the Bitcoin. But it's a good thought. I mean, I would keep an eye on it and see if that's true. And there's nothing wrong with owning a very diverse group of uh, uh, assets. That's a good thing to do. Appreciate the call, Michael. Thank you. Bitcoin. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experience. I'm trying to provide that. I have the unbiased guidance and I have the experience, but we'll see. I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium Newsletter. And it's written and distributed every Friday. Sent it out this morning. And we're going to get to today's newsletter highlights next, if we can, squeeze in before the end of the show. And I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. And if you live or work anywhere in Southern California or the New York City area, Steve Peasley has added new dates to his portfolio review consultation opportunities. Serious investors understand that a balanced portfolio is essential to achieving financial freedom. And Steve Peasley can sit down with you, analyze your positions, and then offer to make strategic improvements. Steve is added Thursday, October 10th for San Jose, and he's added Thursday, November 7th for New York City. There is no cost and no obligation. Don't delay. Head to the Portfolio Review page at investtalk.com and register now. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So the KPPP newsletter comes out every Friday. And I have four sections. And the first section is called the market condition sections. And um, I finally, it, I, I'll quote a little bit. It finally happened this week. I'm referring to the inversion of the yield curve. This occurs when the yield on a two-year U.S. Treasury bond exceeds the yield on a 10. I've written on it in this newsletter uh, about the historical significance of such an inversion because it always foretold a recession in the U.S. economy. And I also said, I hate to hesitate, I hesitate to write that it might be different this time because whenever anybody says that, it's not. (laughs) It's not different. So, you know... (laughs) usually been wrong so i'm i i'm siding with history i think that we, we we will fall into recession i just can't tell you when it could be up to and the newsletter goes on to explain it could be up to two years it could happen instantly it could be up to two years we don't know exactly when and we don't know how deep it could be very soft who knows and you know the stock market does not have to go down in a recession did you know that it almost always does 
but there's been one or two times it hasn't. So at least I'm, if my member is not playing tricks on me. Um, so don't think the market's just going to automatically fall apart. Not necessarily. Anyways, portfolio management section. I said, and I talked about spotting, spotting a market top is difficult, but it can be, you can, you can see different things happening that tell you that we're topping. And I went on to explain a little bit of what that looks like and what some of those things you can track. One of them is the VIX, by the way. I was talking about just recently, one of those things is. And I gave a couple of stock ideas today. And, there were, you know, the newsletter had a number of, uh, uh, of things in it. Um, and one of the stock ideas was one of the biggest brewers out there. Uh, so I mentioned that, uh, that they're trading at a 12 multiple, which is a very low price. And I had the other one was uh, a phone company, which um, we own both these, okay, in our managed accounts, in some of our managed accounts. Consumer Watch, the possibility of saving money by purchasing used computers. Did you know you can buy used computers? You can save a ton of money and get just as much function as you want. People are all hyped into getting a brand new computer, you know. But, man, you can get a much better deal with not that brand new computer. And, you know, as soon as you take it home, it's not brand new anymore. You just need the functionality you're looking for. You can do that with used computers at a much cheaper price. Okay. Let's go to Bob in Phoenix. How you doing, Bob? Hi. How you going, Steve? It's going well. Um, I appreciate the I'm call. Look, uh, good, good. I'm looking to diversify a little bit away from growth. I'm in a total market fund um, okay. with maybe a little bit too much money there. I'd like to get a little more value and pick up some dividend. And I've been watching Altria all year, watching it kind of going down. Uh, I, I'm looking at about a five-year horizon and with the elections coming up this is kind of like a backdoor marijuana play where they've got some exposure with chronos a canadian marijuana company and uh, they yes, seem they like do. a pretty well diversified company it pays a seven percent dividend and i was kind of wondering what you thought about what might be a good entry point Okay, we uh, we own uh, Philip Morris, our Altria Group, I should say, not Philip Morris. Uh, MO is the symbol, and we own it for the dividend, but also with that marijuana play in the back of our head, just like you were thinking. So I think this is a good price to get it at, right around $46 or so. I might get down to the lower 40s, like 42, 43, but that would be the low it's been in the last year, and I think it could go there. But I don't think you have any problems buying here. And you're right. It pays a 7% dividend. And it, it dividend is very secure. So I don't, I don't have a problem with buying it at this rate. Right right in here, Bob. I really don't. That's MO, everybody. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. That's our goal. And our work continues after the break here. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. Coming up on Invest Talk, answers to your questions in a money matter, comparing load and no load mutual funds, how to gauge your needs in retirement. 888 99Chart. On the next Invest Talk, UBS says buying the dip is now likely to be a losing proposition for stocks. 
And there's something investors need to know. That story Monday. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. I have two questions. One of them is, is it too late to buy into gold stocks? And my next question is, what do you think of the company Cognix Corporation? C-G-N-X. And I listen to you guys on podcast. Thank you. Okay, I don't think it's too late. You are late, but I don't think it's too late to get into gold stocks. And CGNX is a um, is a um, industrial company that manufactures modular vision systems that eliminate defects, verify assemblies, and automate production. So it's a it's a a, 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 a manufacturing uh, participant. It helps the assembly lines get rid of defects and stuff. So it's all um, vision systems. Um, I see no reason to own it. They're not growing. Uh, earnings are going to be down this year, 36%, then bounce up 26% next year, but it's only $1.12 and it's a $44 stock. So it's going to make $1.12 a share and it's a $44 stock. That's not inexpensive. It's expensive, and especially when sales are in their single digits or falling. Right? There's no reason to own CGNX. It's not strong enough. So look for something else. Just look for something else. Okay. Um, how low will interest rates go? And how will we know when they're there? For instance, a 30-year mortgage right now is what? 3.6, 30-year fixed mortgage, 3.6%. There are negative mortgage rates in parts of Europe. I mentioned those the other day. Are we going to get to that point? Is the U.S. going to get into negative mortgage rates? And the answer is probably not. I don't think that happened. I don't see that happening. We're, we don't have the same systems as they do. Um, to, one of the reasons why we don't is because our economy is expanding. Uh, Japan's economy, uh, the, just by the fact that the workforce is getting older and shrinking and not, allow, not allowing any, uh, hardly any immigration at all, their economy is going to be shrinking. So we have different dynamics. Even in Europe, there are much older working force there and not as much young people as we have here because we have immigration, whether legal or illegal. You can complain about it or not complain about it. We have immigration, which keeps us our workforce much younger, which is really a good thing for growth. You know, you want you know, you want growth in an economy, and you know, we we have we have that here in the U.S. So I don't think we're going to see negative interest rates. By the way, I don't I don't think I mentioned what the market did today. The Dow was up 307, the Nasdaq up 129, the S&P up 41. So it was a good rebound today. Did you see this? UBS expects more than 75,000 stores to close by 2026. 75,000 of them. So, would that mean that malls are dying? The malls are may not be dying, but they're sick. I can tell you that. Many experts would tell you that. Not just me. I'm just not making this up. The anchor stores are having a heck of a time in these malls. The stores at you know the anchor and the corners. It used to be they they could they the mall they got they got free. They didn't have to pay anything to the mall to be there, and all the stores in between had to pay the mall. But um, that's no longer the case. What's happening, you see, these anchor stores are trying to, they're getting rid of them, 
closing them down, but they're reopening and the mall's trying to revamp them into maybe restaurants or trampoline parks or some kind of family activity in these in these things. And uh, is that going to work? Well, something's going to work because I don't think the malls are going to disappear. What you're seeing is young people going to the big anchor stores and going shopping at the mall, find out what they like, then leave the store and go buy it online. That's destroying the malls. What you're going to have to see, and I've seen it here in my local mall, is the, 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 you're going to see some more specialization, I think, in the little stores. Um, um, the, you know, things that you can't just necessarily and don't want to buy online. For instance, they put in an olive store in the mall at, near me, Mission Viejo Mall. Uh, olives. Okay? Because you can taste them and you have to see them. Uh, um, uh, you know, soap stores, you know, with the different smelling soaps and stuff. Put one of those in. I, I, I think they have to get specialty. Much more specialty. We'll see. We'll see how that's going to work out. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. This completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein will be here on Monday, and I'll be here back Tuesday, of course. Please tell your investor friends that I have added new dates for my no-cost portfolio views in San Jose and in New York. Learn more and register for free at investtalk.com. Have a good weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.